Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary's latest book is The Customer Conundrum, Nine Crucial Steps for Winning Customers and Outsmarting Your Competition. He's also the author of The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, optex.com. And now, here's Gary Smith. Good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Gary Smith Show here on 1550 AM WSDK. We're here in studio with uh, Zach Hutchinson, my producer. Thanks to Zach for being here this morning to uh, to run the board and take care of all the technical details. Great to have everybody along for the ride. It seems like it's going to be a nice day out there. Uh, when I woke up this morning uh, over in Southington, it was awfully humid, but uh, by the time I pulled into the parking lot here in Manchester, uh, the, uh, the weather seemed to have cleared a little bit and and it uh, looks like it's going to be a great day. So hope you're enjoying your weekend and that you're looking forward to a really, really good show today. Um, today we're shifting gears just a little bit because uh, those of you who are regular listeners to the program know that uh, by and large our program is really positive and upbeat. And we focus on personal development and business issues related to how to grow, uh, how to improve yourself, how to move forward, how to, uh, you know, how to overcome some of the obstacles in your life. But we rarely take a really deep dive into what happens when uh, not only when life doesn't go the way we think it should, but when life gets really, really screwed up, when we get, you know, seems like one curveball uh, after another uh, thrown at us. And that uh, that can be that can be a real real challenge, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Is when when things don't go well. In fact, when it seems like things are going horribly, how do we respond, uh, or do we react to those uh, to those situations? And uh, and how how does it play into our faith? And and how much we are uh, we're willing to and capable of leaning on God for the things that he uh, wants to do in our lives and using these uh, these trials, these tribulations in our lives as an opportunity to be able to grow stronger, uh, to get closer to God, to move forward with our lives, and to still uh, realize that by virtue of the fact that we're still alive, God is not done with us, that he still has something for us to accomplish, and that our job is not to have the woe is me kinds of attitudes, although we're human, and in our humanness, we all have those situations. But uh, how, do we, how do we look at it from a much more positive perspective, uh, not in trying to be the happy-go-lucky, pretend it's not happening uh, type of, of scenario, but looking at it from the perspective of, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? How do I become stronger? Uh, how do I hang on to God and realize that he ultimately has my best interests at heart? Uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. 
Today's guest is Michelle Couchat, and she has just published uh, back in March uh, a brand new book called Undone, A Story of Making Peace with an Unexpected Life. And we're, uh, we're going to be getting into that in just a minute, but I want to take uh, just a couple of minutes and introduce Michelle. Uh, a storyteller at heart, Michelle inspires audiences with the warmth of her transparency and presence. Her unique style makes you feel like you just spent an afternoon with a good friend, sparking tears one moment and laughter the next. Having experienced both the best and worst of life, she's unafraid to disclose her imperfect spaces so that you know you're not alone in yours. An experienced keynote speaker and MC, Michelle's speaking experience covers the United States and includes Compassion International, Women of Faith, Focus on the Family, Proverbs 31, She Speaks, Hearts at Home, Women's and Writers Conferences, Business and Church Events, as well as various radio, video, and audio recording projects. In 2014, uh, she joined Michael Hyatt, who happens to be one of my favorites, as the co-host of his popular This Is Your Life podcast. In addition, she and Michael produced Get Published, a 21-session audio program for aspiring writers, as well as the Platform Video Jumpstart series for the release of his bestseller, Platform. In 2013, Michelle joined Compassion International, uh, their team, as one of their spotlighted speakers and advocates for child sponsorship. Since 2007, Michelle has been on staff with Dynamic Communicators International, led by Ken Davis. She fills multiple roles at uh, various events, including MC, presenter, and coach. With a solid understanding of what makes for excellent communication, Michelle has coached multiple large platform speakers in how to craft and deliver powerful presentations. Pulling from her unique life experiences, Michelle's first book, a memoir titled Undone, A Story of Making Peace with an Unexpected Life, was published in March of 2015. Her second book will follow closely behind with a tentative release date in 2016. When she isn't working on her books, Michelle writes feature articles, blog posts, stories, and devotional meditations for numerous publications, including MOPS International, Today's Christian Woman, Fulfill Magazine, Hearts at Home, Upper Room, David C. Cook's Quiet Hour, Standard Publishing's Devotions, and multiple compilation books, including five titles in the Chicken Soup series. Michelle and the love of her life, Troy, live in Colorado with their six children, ages 7 to 22. She enjoys a good novel, a long run, sleeping in the sun, and a kitchen table filled with people. So that's Michelle's bio, which is sort of interesting, but, uh, you know, she also says, that, let's, let's get by the bio and let's let me be honest. I'm a story lover and storyteller who tells her tales online from the stage and at times to grocery store checkers who simply ask paper or plastic. I'm divorced, 13 years remarried, in love wife of Troy. I'm a loved mom, stepmom, foster mom of six loved children. I'm an often insecure speaker who loves nothing more than letting a fellow struggler know she's not alone. I'm a determined writer who savors words almost more than her grand non-fat chai tea latte. I'm a 21-year jogger whose knees crack every time she walks up the stairs. I'm a lover of deep connections and long conversations with one or two truth-telling friends. I'm a chocolate chip cookie genius. I'm a sorry excuse for a housekeeper. I am grace-dependent, and I am perfectly redeemed. 
And that, uh, that's transparent from Michelle. That's the ultimate in transparency. So uh, get your notebooks out, folks. Um, you're going to enjoy this show today. You will want to take notes uh, because there's some real, not only wisdom, but a tremendous amount of heart that Michelle has to share with us today. So with that, let's jump into our first segment with Michelle Couchat. She discovers that complicated can be beautiful. Joy can replace fear, and the unexpected is really an invitation for adventure. Her memoir chronicles a journal through cancer, as well as unexpected turns in motherhood and marriage. And yet, the book is not just about the author. Michelle's story is our own, a story of unexpected twists and turns in a messy life and of the faithfulness of a sovereign and loving God. I stop and think about it, and I think, you know, part of the program that we do here uh, on WSDK is talking about, you know, designing a life for yourself and then working to make that design become a reality. And yet when we stop and think about it, how many of us really achieve everything that we have in mind? I mean, my life hasn't turned out the way I thought it would. I've experienced both unbelievable joys and significant pain and failures in my life none of which I had any idea would happen. And it's interesting because in, uh, in one of the reviews of Michelle's book, a gentleman Wayne, named Wayne Stiles says, the fairy tale we want out of life isn't real. It never was. If you've ever struggled with shattered hopes, a fearful diagnosis, a wayward child, a dysfunctional church, or the silence of God, undone will walk beside you as a companion. And he also says, Michelle is one of the best writers I've read in a long time, and her new book, Undone, gives more than good writing. It's a great perspective on life. So, Michelle, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on today. Uh, thank you so much for taking time in the midst of your recovery to, uh, to talk with me today. Thank you, Gary. It's, it's honestly my privilege. I'm very excited to have this time with you today. Oh, so am I. So let's spend the first part of our time together talking about that whole concept of a perspective on life. And and maybe the best, best place to start is to just have you talk a bit about your life, your experiences, and kind of not only what has led you to write Undone, but what you're experiencing right now that has kind of gone beyond the completion of the memoir. You got it. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a complicated story, so I'm going to give you a very cliff note version of it for the sake of time. Um, for the majority of my life, childhood until about five years ago, I had a fairly I, what I would call normal life, as normal as it can possibly be, right? Um, I had two parents and a brother. I grew up in the house of faith. Um, I've known Jesus. I've been a Christian since I was um, well, basically, I started going to church when I was about nine months old, so I've not ever not known a life of faith. Um, and and for the most part, my life was going, you know, fairly easily without too much difficulty uh, until about five years ago when uh, I got a phone call two days before Thanksgiving. I was uh, 39 years old, and uh, the phone rang at about 8.30 in the morning. And a doctor on the other line um, just said, simply said these words, Michelle, it's not good. You see, about a week before, I had a biopsy done on an ulcer in my mouth that hadn't healed. He had told me many times that it was nothing, nothing to worry about, not to be concerned. 
he was just doing a biopsy because that was protocol. And yet that Tuesday before Thanksgiving in 2010, um, I heard those words from my doctor over the phone. And in a, in a second, I mean, literally in the span of just moments, everything in my life changed. I went from being a healthy 39-year-old mother of three boys to being um, a, a woman facing cancer with no idea how extensive it was uh, and how it would impact my life and if I would even live. And in that moment, I literally saw everything change. And so in the five years since, to kind of bring everybody up to speed, I've had a total of um, three cancer diagnoses, two recurrences after that initial. I've had a total of, oh goodness, probably somewhere between 10 and 12 different surgical procedures on my mouth. Uh, I've had chemo and radiation, very extensive chemo and radiation that just completed about three and a half months ago. Uh, and on top of all of that, in the midst of all that, my husband and I raised our three boys through the teenage years. We got two, those three graduated. And then in the middle of all that, we also got a phone call from um, a mom who could no longer take care of her kids. And we were asked if we would take them in. And so all of these different unexpected unplanned circumstances kind of converged over the course of the last four and a half years to make my fairly normal, easy life anything but. <laughs> and so I've had to wrestle with what do you do when the life that you plan and dream of um, doesn't happen? Um, what do you do when um, things happen way beyond your control? How do you make peace with that and still continue to live and function and thrive even in the midst of the unexpected discouragement, pain, suffering, whatever it may be. And um, that whole journey has been very, very hard, but it's also been very freeing at the same time. So, I mean, how did you approach that initially? Did you, um, were you angry with God about, you know, about okay. what was happening in your life and, and kind of how did you how did you work through that to to come to a conclusion that that it's really is freeing? Well, I, I would before I answer that, I'll preface it with saying I'm still working through it. I mean, I just came through a third cancer diagnosis. I'm still probably operating at only about 40 percent capacity right now. Those who are listening, you'll hear that my speech is still not back to 100%. I still am in process physically to recover my speech. And, and you know, emotionally, I'm still struggling with some of the same discouragement and frustration and just weariness from a life that continues to be hard sometimes. So I'm still in process. But let's go back five years to that initial diagnosis. Uh, my initial response, my first response was, overwhelming, paralyzing fear. Uh, you know, as much as my faith has been a part of my life all along, it's one thing to talk about life and death. It's another thing to face it in reality. And being a young 39-year-old mother and wife facing death, uh, it terrified me. I mean, it absolutely put me in a place of um, incapacitating fear. And... Uh, and in that, in that place of fear were tons of questions and doubts and wrestlings with, okay, God, what are you doing? Why would you let this happen? I'm 
I'm raising three boys. I'm young. I'm healthy. You know, I had always been someone who exercised and ate right and took care of myself. So it made no sense uh, that this would happen. Uh, and so part of my process of working through that and still working through that is allowing myself to be honest about the struggle. I mean, I have to, I have to tell the truth to myself and to those closest to me that there are days I'm afraid. There are days that I doubt. There are days that I struggle. And even in my personal relationship with God, you know, I think that's part of the healing too, is just to be straight up honest with him. There's a verse in the Bible about a dad who wants his child to be healed. And he said, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And that is that sums up how I've felt so many times over the last five years. I do believe, and yet, please just help me overcome my unbelief, because I still feel that, that panic and fear of what if. What if it doesn't work out? What if it doesn't doesn't happen like I want it to? Wow, that you know that is powerful, and I'll tell you what I, I I appreciate, and I know our listening audience really appreciates your your honesty there, and we're going to get into that a little bit more when we come back. But uh, we're talking with uh, Michelle Couchat about her brand new book, Undone: A Story of Making Peace with an Unexpected Life. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Do not touch that dial. You're going to want to hear more of this conversation. Hey, this is Daniel Fazina, and I would like to invite you to join me on Divine Intervention, the interview show that features intriguing people who've experienced the hand of God in amazing ways, Sundays at 4 p.m. on WSDK. More information about the show, free downloads, and podcasts are available at our website, divineinterventionradio.com. Divine Intervention, Sundays at 4 p.m. on WSDK. Are you happy with where you are in life? Do you have a dream of becoming and achieving so much more? Hi, my name is Gary Smith. I'm a business consultant, life coach, professional speaker, and author of a book called The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life. If you're serious about taking your life to the next level, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially, then you need to read this book. Wrapped around the story of David and Goliath, The Shepherd and the Princess presents a powerful set of logical strategies designed to help you create the life you deserve. As you turn the pages, you'll receive step-by-step instructions that will help you define and clarify your purpose in life. You'll then be driven to create and implement plans for achieving your most precious dreams. Visit Optex.com and get your copy of The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, today. Bright and warm through the afternoon across the Connecticut Valley. Nothing more than a straight shower, low to mid-80s. Seasonally cool tonight, low 60s. Warm and dry tomorrow, lots of sun, mid-80s. A bit more humid Monday with the showers coming in from the southwest. One or two possible by nightfall, mid to upper 70s. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update. Life-Changing Radio, WSDK. Welcome back to the Gary Smith Show here on 1550 AM, WSDK. Uh, Great to have you folks along for the ride today and uh, just really enjoying our conversation with Michelle Couchat uh, on her new book, Undone. And uh, I just want to jump back into our conversation with Michelle. We've got some some great quotes from her book that we're going to be talking about that I think are very, very revealing about who she is and uh, and how she's choosing to, uh, to live her life. So let's get back to segment two with Michelle Couchat. 
Okay, we're back with Michelle Couchat, the author of Undone, a story of making peace with an unexpected life. And we've been talking about facing the reality uh, of cancer and of challenges in life and, and being, you know, being afraid. And, and Michelle, as we, as we begin this next segment, uh, I was thinking about it. There's a, a fellow who's a former National Teacher of the Year. His name was Guy Rice Dowd. And uh, he wrote a book that was called Joy in the Journey. And in, in the book Undone, you wrote, just as a writer must embrace a rough draft as the necessary means to a book's successful end, I had to learn how to embrace my life's process, including the countless ways my shortcomings and flaws have made me a better character in my own story. Um, mm -hmm. Talk about how that has worked for you and and you know, how we as individuals, no matter where we are in life, no matter what we're struggling with, uh, can learn not just to embrace, but to cherish our life's process and, and use it as a way to allow God to make, a, make better characters of all of us in our own stories. Absolutely. Well, I, I start um, my answer with this confession. <laughs> I'm a perfectionist. I have always been a type A, firstborn, high-achieving, overly driven perfectionist. I, I'm all about working hard, um, delivering excellence. I'm a businesswoman, career woman. I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, my husband owns his own business. I own my own business. And we're all about working hard and taking care of our customers and delivering excellence and all of that. But you know, how do you reconcile that whole drive with the fact that there's so much out of your control in your life? Uh, I mean, what do you do? And especially as I've gone through the last five years of so many different complications. And what I've come to discover, what I am in the process of learning is that, um, well, first of all, my, my perfection does very little for those around me. My desire to try to have it all together and do everything right and be perfect does not create an environment where I can connect with my neighbors or my clients or my friends or my family. What really unites us and connects us are the places of imperfection in our life. That's what we, that's what we reach out and connect with. And um, that's how we feel bonded with one another. It's in the undone places, not the perfected places. And so as I started to see that, my imperfections, my flaws are actually an opportunity for great relationship and conversation and connection with those in my life. And that helps me to embrace them rather than resist them. It doesn't mean I don't still try to improve and deliver excellence, but the, the reality is I am flawed. No matter how much I try, I'm still flawed. And so seeing how it's become a foundation for building connections and relationships with other people has completely transformed my perspective of the imperfections. But second, more than just how it influences my relationship with others, the reality is that these complicated, undone places in life have been the only means to developing my character as a person. Uh, we want to believe that we can be mature and we can grow without struggle. But any, um, any athlete, any runner or weightlifter or person who goes to the gym and works out knows that the only way to build muscular strength is resistance. The only way to become a marathon runner is to, to be 
in pain and uncomfortable in running those three mile and six mile and 12 mile runs. Um, it takes that resistance and that pain and that struggle in order to develop us physically. And the truth is it takes the same thing to develop us in our character and in our faith and in our business and in our relationships. And as much as I want to avoid the struggle and just have everything nice and neat, the truth is, is the struggle is the necessary means to me becoming the person that I'm meant to be. And for those listening, regardless of your story, you may not have cancer in your story. You have your own cancer. You have your own unexpected, undone life. And the same is true for you. The only way for you to become the person that you really want to be and that God wants you to be is to embrace the struggle. And it's hard, but the reward at the end is worth it. You know, I, I absolutely agree with that. And that, and that brings up a, a subject that is, uh, is near and dear to my heart because I have a problem with the Christian church today. Uh, and I know that the, this is not an all-inclusive statement, but the, but the church, I think, has become a sort of plastic, fake, feel-good place. You know, yeah, we go to church and we always smile at everyone and we pretend that everything is wonderful, even when our lives are falling apart. And I, and I think that's because people don't feel safe. You know, we're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of being found lacking in our lives, in our faith, in our character. And, and in your book, you write, uh, ministry of the truest kind isn't about impressing unknown strangers with spotless presentations and a flawless life. It's about exposing the hidden imperfections and giving others permission to do the same. Mm -hmm. Becoming a fellow struggler who delivers zero judgment, but abundant grace. Few things display unadulterated beauty like a pouring out when you've got nothing to give. It must come from an otherworldly place, a place whose source you do not control. And I gotta tell you, Michelle, those words just really tear at my heart. If we could just find a way within our church family to be real, to be raw, and to allow God's love to, to flow through us to others. And I, I know this may be a loaded question, but how do we get the church to awaken and start being that hospital for the spiritually, emotionally, and physically sick that it really needs to be and was called to be? Well, the answer is short, but not easy, not simple. <laughs> the answer to that question is, is Somebody has to go first. Somebody has to go first. You and I, if this is what we want the church to be like, if we want the church to become that place, that safe haven for the sick, exactly what Jesus talked about in the New Testament, that he came for the sick, not the healthy. If we want that, we have to be brave enough to take the first step. Let me tell you, writing this book, I was very honest and transparent and vulnerable. And it's not easy. It's it still is terrifying to expo expose uh, my in-progress self. I mean, I am certainly not um, without plenty of flaws, and it's difficult. And yet, if we want to become the church, I mean, the church is you and I. If we want to be that, we have to take the first step. And so we have to choose to go first. Not easy, but let me tell you, the emails that I get, the messages I get over Facebook, the um, comments I get, the phone calls, whatever it may be, are almost every single one, even uh, you've read some of the reviews on Amazon, even those kind of comments, almost everyone talks about the fact um, that they are thankful that I didn't try to 
um, pretend it was better than it was, that I was honest about how hard it was. Um, that has confirmed to me, as hard as it is to be this vulnerable, that going first, that being brave enough to expose the hard places of life in our own personal life is really worth it because it's what we all need. Yeah, I think that I think that's true. And and in light of that, uh, as you were writing the book, and as you're just you know, and as you're continuing, you just put yourself out there. Is is your goal just to present uh, you know a message of hope and process to people, or does it go beyond that? Oh well, <clears throat> that's a that's an excellent question, and you know. When I first started this book, um, you know, a couple years ago, three years ago, uh, of course, I think my motives then have been modified since then, simply because as I continue to grow and mature and see God's purposes, you know, my purposes change. I would say my my main goal uh, right now is um, to reach and touch and connect with those who are struggling and suffering as I have and help them to... Um, to have the strength to believe that God is still there, He sees them, and nothing can separate them from the love of God. It's Romans eight thirty five through thirty nine. Now, what shall separate us from the love of God? So, trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present, nor the future, nor any power, neither height or depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Ultimately, the only way you and I are going to endure is to have cement under our feet that's stronger than anything we can construct. And the only real cement under our feet is the love of God. That's the only thing that does not change today, tomorrow, yesterday. It stays the same. And so I think that's my main goal is to help those who read, who are in a place of doubt and struggle and suffering, to first of all, let them know they're not alone. I get it. But to secondly, help them to see that the love of God can still be trusted and still be counted on even here. Oh, praise God. That is that is so powerful. Well, folks, we're talking with Michelle Cushat. We're going to take another quick break, but we still got some great stuff to talk about. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. More than 7.7 million American teenagers participate in high school sports every year, including about 111,000 here in Connecticut. They're all learning essential life lessons like the importance of hard work, time management and self-discipline. Skills that are helping them become better leaders and more active, responsible citizens. This message presented by the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference and the Connecticut Association of Athletic Directors. You know, I've owned this company for a long time. I love what I do, but things keep getting more and more challenging. Taxes, the economy, global competition, they're coming together in a way that may put me out of business if I don't find a better, more cost-effective way of doing things. Businesses are struggling more today than at almost any time in our history. Problems with our national economy, uncertainties in Washington, and the global political situation are keeping many companies from taking action and moving forward. I'm Gary Smith, and I'm in the business of helping companies survive and grow. From cost reduction and productivity improvement to new product introductions and market penetration, I can help you drive your business in the right direction. Call me at 203 599 1467 
or email me at gary at optex.com for your free, no obligation consultation. Temps should hit the low to mid-80s across the Connecticut Valley this afternoon. The air mass fairly dry, mostly clear, a seasonable, low 60s tonight. Lots of sun, warm and dry, mid-80s tomorrow, turning a bit more humid on Monday with an area of showers approaching the southwest, one or two possible by evening, mid to upper 70s. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update. Life-changing radio, WSDK. Welcome back to the Gary Smith Show, where we've been visiting with Michelle Couchat on her new book, Undone. Uh, we're going to have one more segment with Michelle, and uh, you know where we talk about things. We're talking about you know in the the last segment, right at the end, Michelle was talking about uh, what we can do, uh, you know, what we need to do because it's you know what can separate us from the love of God? Nothing, and yet we constantly wonder sometimes, especially when we face struggles, what that's like. And, and how do we deal with that? And, uh, and and an old friend of mine a number of years ago said, remember, if you think that God isn't there, remember one thing. He didn't move. And so we always have to stay plugged into that and be constantly reminded that God is there with us, that he's walking side by side with us. And, uh, you know, I think that's difficult sometimes because it's not like a physical friend that you can turn around and see the individual there. But he's there and he always is, has got our back. Uh, and so we need to we need to do uh, to keep that in mind and to, and to stay focused on that through the difficult times. We're going to uh, jump back in now and do our final segment with Michelle. Uh, we still got some great stuff to talk about, so stay with us as we uh, as we go to segment three of our interview with Michelle Couchat. Okay, we're back with Michelle Couchat, and we've uh, been talking about her new book, Undone, a story of making peace with an unexpected life, and not only talking about that memoir, but the fact that Michelle is still uh, going through. She's still recovering from uh, from another diagnosis and treatment for cancer, uh, and and that she is still, you know, still just like all of us, uh, you know, with her struggles is a is a work in process. Uh, Michelle, another another quote uh, from your book that I you know that I'd like to explore a little bit is that you say peace isn't a byproduct of control. And I know I relate to that because, you know, just like, just like you being a, a very high A person, I want to be in control and I feel very uh-huh. uncomfortable when I'm not, but you write peace isn't a byproduct of control, the payout of a happy conclusion. Peace is the infiltrating life-giving presence of a very real God. And I, on the one hand, I want to say, yeah, yeah, that's it. But, but how do we give over that control? How do we get it out of our heads and into our hearts that life doesn't always have to be that happy conclusion in order, to, to, in order for it to be both meaningful and significant? Oh, goodness. It takes, it takes daily, um, daily relinquishment. I, I still struggle with that. I still want to control my life, control how everything's going to happen. I can be a chronic worrier. Worry is in my mind at times. I convince myself that if I can worry about it, I can control it, which is so foolish, but we do that. We try to wield worry as a means to wrap our minds around our circumstances. Um, One of the best, uh, I guess, tools for teaching me this lesson is simply life. I mean, again and again and again, life has proven to me that I can't control it. I mean, I'm a control freak. I'm the worst of the worst when it comes to that. 
And yet again and again, things have happened that are so far outside of my control, proving to me over and over that I cannot control it. So what do I do then? Well, I've been given lots of practice to relinquish but and to let go and to daily remind myself that there are things that are beyond my control. There are certain things I can control. I can control my attitude. I can control um, my ability to see what is good versus what has been lost. I can control generosity and my ability to give and not become a bigger and withholding person. But I can't control what's going to happen today. I can't control if I'm going to get another phone call. I can't control my children's decisions. Um, There's so many other things like that. And honestly, it's a daily moment-by-moment choice sometimes to just remind myself that, that, I, that control is an illusion, um, but God is not. And he is the one that has all things in his hands, and ultimately it comes down to whether or not I trust him. That's the question I must ask. I, I love the, the words that you just said, that is control is an illusion. God is not. And I, and I guess the goal that we need to have is one of saying, you know what, not only can I not be in control of my life, but the bottom line is I really don't want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and, well said. And, you know, and that's, it's, it's not anything that, we, that people like you and me will ever get to completely. Uh, you yes. know, but, the, but the more we can move in that direction. Uh, one, other, one other quote that you had here that I, you know, just really um, resonated with me is that you said, somewhere in my 39 years, my love affair with this life had eclipsed my anticipation of the next. Living had become my idol, more the object of my worship than the life giver himself. To think only of heaven is to miss out on the gift of life, and to dwell on this life is to miss out on the grandeur and anticipation of what's yet to come. So where, where do we find that balance point of, of being in the world uh, and enjoying as much of life as we can and using it as God intended us to use it and yet not losing sight of, of what comes next, which is ultimately where we want to go? Well, I think the, the true test of where we land on that continuum really happens when we get those phone calls. I mean, it's really in those moments a significant trial, okay, significant trial. I'm not talking small trial, but significant trial when we really discover how attached to this life we really are. And it's very eye-opening. Um, it's, you know, for me, I was somewhat, I guess, embarrassed or surprised to see how much I was attached to this life. Here I thought in my mind that because I had been a woman of faith for my whole life, that that Surely cancer wouldn't unravel me, and yet that one phone call did and exposed a part of me that I hadn't been willing to see before. So how do we find that balance? Well, the the phrase that I've used, I was actually having a conversation with my brother the other day, is, is that somehow we need to be invested here but not attached. Invested but not attached. Um, we're invested in this world. We give ourselves away. We don't hold up at home and wait for heaven to come. We give ourselves away. We connect with other people, but we hold it all very, very loosely. One of my heroes of the faith is Corey Chimboom, and she would talk. She was a survivor of, of World War II concentration camp, and she would talk about how every morning she has to learn to wake up and open her hand and live open-handed because otherwise if she hangs on to this life too tightly with a tight fist 
um, God has to pry her fingers open, and the prying open is always more painful than just living open-handed. And so I have thought of that visual many times when it comes to my life, when it comes to my children who I love so much, my husband, my business, my ministry, um, even just the ordinary day-to-day things I, I enjoy in this life. I have to live very open-handed, uh, and that cause, that still allows me to be invested here, but not so attached that I can't let go. Yeah, and I and I guess that is that's the example that Christ set for us. You know, when He spread out His arms and He died, you know, yeah. He gave yes. He gave everything. He gave the last measure for us. And uh, and so in living life, as you said, you know, from Corey Tenboom, living life open handed. You know, uh, really, I guess is uh, is the key. Well, Michelle, I not, go ahead, please. It, one more thing, as I say this, it's not easy though. You know, it's easy to say, but the living out of this is the struggle. I mean, this is what I talked about earlier. That um, this is the necessary struggle to developing our character and our faith. This open-handed living does not happen automatically. It takes a choice. And for me, sometimes it takes that choice every 15 minutes. It's not easy for me to do that. So even though we can talk about it and say it very quickly over a couple of minutes, um, just to remind all of us, it's not an easy process. It will require struggle. But the struggle is what then develops our faith and makes us the people that God has designed for us to be. Absolutely. You know, I think that it's the struggle through the struggles that, that we grow. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I have, uh, have told people is in, you know, many things in life are simple, but they're not easy. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and as you said, it's simple to say, yes, you have to live your life open handed. Okay. But it's not an easy thing to do, but the more we do it, the more we build that muscle, uh, and the more we see the results that that produces, the better off we are. And, and the more, yeah. the more encouraged we are in the things that we do. So but, true. So, Michelle, uh, thank you so much. I know that you're in the midst of recovery, and I just, you know, am so thrilled to have been able to have this conversation with you. As we as we close our time together today, can you take just a couple of minutes and kind of let people know how they can connect with you, where they can get your book, uh, so that they can take advantage of the richness that you have to offer? Well, the book can be found at any, pretty much any bookstore, Barnes & Noble. You can find it online at Amazon.com. You can find it at ChristianBook.com. Um, we also have a website set up for the book um, at um, UndoneBook.com, so you can go find out more information about it there. Um, as I mentioned before, my story is still unfolding, so I blog regularly at my website, which is um, MichelleCouchat.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E. C-U-S-H-A-T-T dot com. And you can get ongoing updates on our family and my recovery and just different thoughts about living out this undone life right there on that website. Super. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. God bless you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. And uh, and we'll keep an eye on your story. And I hope that at some point down the road, we can have another conversation like this. I would love that, Gary. It's been an honor. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. God bless. You too. Oh, great interview with Michelle Couchat. Uh, just uh, I appreciate so much her transparency and in, uh, in that she's experiencing victory, but not without a struggle. And she's willing to open up and share that struggle uh, with uh, with everyone. Uh, you know, that takes a lot of courage. 
to be willing to do that, to expose yourself, uh, you know, for uh, for the person that you are and the struggles that you've had and the weaknesses that you're that you're working through. And yet, uh, you know, I think about uh, I think back to um, uh, a guest that I had on uh, a few weeks ago, Bob Berg, who's a dear friend of mine and author of the book called The Go-Giver. And in there, he talks about the law of authenticity. And the law of authenticity says that really when it comes to uh, our lives, the only thing that we really bring to the party is ourselves. And so being willing to be the people that we are, to be transparent, to let people know that we're not perfect, I think sometimes is a greater source of encouragement than those people who go out and try to live a perfect life or make everybody think that they're living a perfect life. To be willing to uh, to sit with somebody and say, hey, I know where you are. I know what you're going through because I've been there. And let me tell you about my experience and, and the struggles that I've had. And that's exactly what Michelle has done, not only on the show today, but through this amazing book that she has written. With that, we're going to take another quick break here, and we're going to come back, and I have some uh, some final comments as we wind down the show. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you struggling in your marriage? This is Focus on the Family Minute, and Pastor Paul Westbrook shares the hope he discovered after seeking counseling with his wife, Melody. I had actually lowered the bar when it came to the definition of a great marriage at some point in in my life. And of course, when you lower the bar for a great marriage, it's easier to hit it. And through this, I realized I don't need to lower the bar. With God's help, as we keep Him at the center of our lives and our marriage, And as we're willing to deal with our stuff, with our baggage, with our fears, we can have a better marriage than we've ever had. Not just a fine, not just an okay marriage, but a better marriage than we've ever had. Well, there is hope and help, and a good marriage, a great marriage, is possible. You can hear more from the Westbrooks today at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash radio. Are you struggling in your personal or business life? Do you keep trying to achieve, but it seems like it's always one step forward, two steps back? Have you given up on ever achieving your dreams? If any of these questions evoke a positive response from you, then you need to tune in to The Gary Smith Show every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. right here on 1550 a.m. WSDK. Each show addresses at least one subject related to business or personal development and achievement. Our goal is to give you Bible-based, in-depth information that will enable you to find a path forward into the blessings that God desires for you to have. Come join us every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. and begin building the foundation of knowledge that you need to move your life, your career, and your business to the next level. Set your schedule to listen to The Gary Smith Show every Saturday morning at 11 on Life Changing Radio, WSDK, 1550 Mostly clear and seasonable tonight across the Connecticut Valley. Rather pleasant, low 60s. Sunny, warm, and dry mid-80s tomorrow. A few clouds near 60 again tomorrow night. More in the way of cloudiness by late Monday as an area of showers approaches from the southwest, one or two possible by evening, mid to upper 70s. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update. 1550 AM, this is Life Changing Radio. Okay, welcome back to the Gary Smith Show, where we spent today uh, visiting with Michelle Couchat, author of a book called Undone, a story of making peace with an unexpected life. And as we talked with Michelle, I mean, she's still in process uh, and uh, and I think that's one of the things that we have to realize is that uh, our life is a process. 
and that uh, life is going to have its ups and downs, uh, that there are going to be the, you know, those mountain, mountaintop experiences where we think that life just couldn't possibly get any better. And there's going to be those valley experiences where, in some cases, you know, whether it's uh, cancer like Michelle has faced or whether it's the loss of a loved one, uh, you know, a family that gets torn apart, well, whatever the case may be, we're going to have some of those valley experiences where, you know, we feel like we're down at the bottom of the hole and there's just no way out and that life couldn't possibly get any worse. And yet, whether we're on the mountaintop or whether we're in the valley, God is there. Uh, and that was one of the things that Michelle was talking about is control is an illusion, but God is not. God is real. Uh, and yeah, we want to be in control. And there are times when I've gotten really upset with God because I wanted to be in control and things weren't working out the way I thought they should. Uh, but we all need to, uh, however the process works in our lives, we all need to get to a point of realizing that God is God and we are not. And that means that he's the one who's in charge and that if we really truly believe in him uh, and we believe that he is who he says he is, we have to realize that he knows things that we don't know, uh, that he has plans for us that we don't know anything about and that the process is eventually going to work out uh, and that he will be there. He will walk along with us uh, and he will you know, and he will help us. And I think that, uh, you know, as we go through our struggles, that we can allow our struggles to develop our faith, as Michelle was talking about. Uh, we can have that faith develop uh, strongly. And I think one of the things that I have started to do, and I will admit that I'm not really, really good at it, but I've started doing two things. Number one is I started keeping a journal of the things that are going on in uh, in my life. Uh, so that I can go back and over a period of time, I can see how my circumstances have changed and how I have changed in relationship to those circumstances. And the other thing that I've done is I keep a prayer list of things that I'm praying about, and I record uh, you know, progress that's being made, answers that are being given, whether it's yes, no, wait, whatever the case may be, so that I can see and, and have a record of how God actually works in my life. Uh, and the fact that he is active, that he is alive, and that there's proof there because it, you know, it's down on paper where I can actually, or it's on the computer, rather, it's there where I can actually see it. As we wrap up today, um, it's interesting. I got a post from Michelle on Facebook that I want to close with today. And, uh, you know, she said, for those who find themselves in deep, hard, complicated places, I share these insights with you. And the insight that she's sharing is from uh, one of my favorite authors, John Eldridge, uh, and called, uh, called The Beautiful Outlaw. Francis of Assisi was called the second Christ because his life was so totally given over to expressing the life of Jesus. What can we learn from this man who was devoted like no other? As St. Francis did not love humanity, but men, so he did not love Christianity, but Christ, wrote G.K. Chesterton. Wow, just let that sink in. Francis didn't fall in love with the church. He fell in love with Jesus. His religion was not a thing like a theory, but a thing like a love affair. Who even remembers him for that? If people know him now, it's only as a statue in the garden of the friar with the birds and bunnies. He's been made into a cartoon by the religious fog, just as it happened to Jesus. Which brings us back to something essential for loving Jesus, for making your faith more like a love affair. You're going to have to break with the religious. If you want Jesus, you're going to have to end the relationship with the religious glaze. 
And that's what we were talking about in, in part of our show today, that you know, our, our goal is to love Jesus. And if we're going to love Jesus, you know, when, what happens when you love something, uh, when you love someone? I mean, if, if take a, an individual who's a really important person in your life. You know, if you love that individual and you really like the kind of person that they are, aren't you going to try and emulate who they are and, and what they do and what they've become? And it's the same way with Jesus. If we truly love Jesus, we're going to try to not only stay close to him and listen to him, but we're going to try and emulate him. We're going to be like St. Francis, and we're going to try more and more to be like him. And as we do that, that will change the face of the church today. It will change us from being that plastic feel-good, uh, I want to go you know, into church on Sunday morning uh, and come out feeling better than I went in. It'll change us from those kinds of people to those kinds of people who really want to minister to others, people who want to go in and, and be uplifting uh, and, and really uh, be transparent and let people know where we're hurting and ask them where they're hurting and provide that safe environment where they can open up and where we can really become the church that we were intended to be. With that, thank you so much for being with us today. It's uh, great to uh, have had the opportunity to spend time with you. And thanks again to uh, Michelle uh, for taking time from her schedule. And in the midst of her recovery, I think that I'm the uh, second interview that she has done uh, since she has been recovering. So it was great to have her on. Thanks again to Zach Hutchinson for being in studio today uh, to, uh, to run the board and take care of things. God bless you guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a great week this coming week. We'll see you a week from today at 11 o'clock here on The Gary Smith Show. Until then, God bless. Live your life on purpose. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you.